Let's go, Big Daddy. Studios, in beautiful downtown North Royalton, Ohio, where it's sunny as hell. Phone lines are open right now, 440-628-8145 and 440-628-8150. Now, let's get ready for Binda, Galetti, Pickles, Joe Alvello down in Southern Exposure, Carlina, whatever the hell she gets here, and the Italian Stallion, Chuck Galetti! Hi. Hey, what is Kylie's nights out here? So Carlita isn't with us right now. I'm waiting to hear her answers to the six-pack when they come on. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Very entertaining, so everybody should stick around for that. Yeah. Bender, how are you today? I am doing real good. What I want to know is, what is the starry, starry night background in back of me? Is that something that you're putting up as a... Zoom background? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, but I see your regular background that I always see. What I'm looking at here and when I see Chuck Galetti is everything in the background is nighttime sky with stars and constellations. I'm looking at it on my screen right now. And when you flip it to Chuck Galetti, it's on behind him, too. Uh, then, then, then that's got to be some kind of setting you have because the audience and me are looking at a normal look, you know. Yeah, I, I don't. Let's see. Share screen reactions. Did you change anything on there? Enjoy it, Ben. Huh? Enjoy the star, sunny, sunny night. I'm enjoying it, man. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Be, before we get into it, the one thing that stopped me in my tracks today, and Chuck, you're going to love this one. You too, Marty. Our mayor, love our mayor, was in the news this morning that uh, residents were noticing that the trash trucks were picking up garbage in Cleveland and picking up the 
uh, recyclables. You know, you're supposed to recycle in the city of Cleveland and separate out your glass, and your plastic, your yes. paper. Okay. Well, they've been noticing that the garbage trucks have just been throwing it all in the back of the garbage truck. <laughs> so people looked into it and they found out, you're going to love this, that the city got the contract, the contract to uh, do the recycling with the company that was doing it ended and they didn't want to spend the money to renew the contract. So they just said, out oh, of hell with it. So they're just taking the recyclables and mixing them all up in the landfill, just like everything else. So there's there's no green earth going on there. And when asked about it, the mayor, our mayor, said, well, it's true. We're not actually doing the recycling, but we would like the residents to continue the activity of separating out the glass from the plastic from the paper because the city can make some extra money on it. We just haven't figured out how to do it yet. Uh, I, I wow. am. I, 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 go ahead, Chuck. No, I, I heard about that last week that that was actually uh, what was going on with the recycling. And I thought to myself, thank God I never, uh, I never recycled in the first place. It never bothered me. But I mean, I thought about that. It's almost like the bags at the grocery stores. You get a plastic bag now. Remember, there was like a month or two. Everybody had to bring their own bag into a store, buy one. Yeah, I, I, I have uh, Chuck. I'm glad that you said that because I didn't want people to think it was just the black people that didn't recycle. I have never recycled in my life, and I'm sorry. I understand protecting the planet and all this kind of stuff, but I am just not going to sit here with two garbage cans in my house and make sure every time that I put the plastic and the glass and stuff like that in one and then the rest of my crap in the other. It's, it's just not going to happen with me. Can I say something? Bill was right. I see the starry, starry light behind me. It's phenomenal. I just took a picture of it, and I'm going to send it over to Marty on his phone. I just took a screenshot of it so we could see what starry, we're starry night. Well, that, that's that tells a, you something. That tells you something about recycling, really. I mean, if, if they're doing that, I mean, to save a buck, and you said they, the thing is that they possibly can make some money, and they want people to still do it. If you're still doing it, you're a jackass. I mean, really, why would you waste your time? I think you're a jackass if you did it in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't done anything with it. They were just, they had a contract with another company to do the recycling, and that other company was taking the profit. You that know, other company was paying the city to, to take the recyclables. And the city said, nah, no more, no more. Well, and they're not doing anything with it. The funny thing is, I was watching a, a 60 Minutes uh, episode. This was probably six to nine months ago. And they were talking about, I guess, it was China who stopped accepting all of the recyclables from all over the world. China had a deal in order to take this stuff. And then they stopped and they said, take it elsewhere. And so then these big old barges out in the water were taking it to these small, uh, small countries like the Philippines and all of this kind of stuff, Bangladesh. And they were dumping this stuff over there. And they showed their people saying how it was just nothing but a big old cluster, you know what, that before China was taking it, and all of a sudden China, after all these years, said, no, 
That's it. We ain't taking no more. So now they got all these recyclables. So they, what they did was take it to some of the poorest countries in the world and just dump it there and say, hey, what? who cares? The place is a dump anywhere. So they just dumped everything right there. Our trash is better than your trash, <laughs> so you should be glad you're getting it. Exactly right. <laughs> well, I thought the word recycled meant they would use it again. Now, that's, that's my whole point, Chuck. Oh, there's your starry night. Ooh, yeah. I, I, I have no idea what you guys are looking at because it ain't, it ain't on my screen. I got a regular screen. So as long as – and, I, and I'll, I'll confirm it after the show is over when I go to look well, at I'm it back. I'll send it to you right now. Yeah, okay. but it, it, it's uh, – I got a normal look, you know. All right, well, so, hey, let's, I, I, let's talk a little sports for a little bit. They got baseball coming back. But I find it very hard to get excited about this ba- this baseball, even though it is something to do. It would be nice to have baseball, but no fans. Uh, I mean, th- there's the DH rule will probably stay in effect now for the future of the game. I'd imagine they finally did it, and they uh, they're going to have a DH in both leagues, and it's going to go around because they're making the games regional and everything. But uh, baseball will be back. What do you think about basketball? And do you think football realistically will have a shot? I don't think that, you know, I have season tickets and I keep asking our season ticket group and they're like, I'm in no hurry to go back. I mean, I, you know, our seats weren't the greatest anyway. And it was more about the experience of being there with the crowd and the whole thing. And myself personally, I'm not ready to go back. I, I enjoy sitting in my home with a cold beverage and in with my feet up and enjoying watching sports. Uh, maybe when I was younger, you know, maybe it's for it's a younger man's passion or an older man's passion to bring their grandkids. But I, I, I I'm not going to miss it. Me Personally, I'm not going to miss going. I'm going to miss watching it. Absolutely. Watching it, I think it's going to be affected, too. I just don't think it'll have the – it won't be the same game with nobody in the stands. And I mean, even though, you know, for many years we could laugh the Indians had nobody in the stands at the old stadium. But, I mean, this is going to be really no one in the stands. It's going to look weird on television. That that was going to be my comment. My first question was going to be when you said that baseball was coming back, which I did see that report – but they are they are coming back to start with no fans. Is that what you're saying? No fans and no intention of having fans. Ooh. Well, and, and again, I I have my uh, Cavaliers meetings, uh, broadcast meetings every Tuesday at 11. We had it again yesterday. And again, I don't see me and Kurt who work basically game. And when there's a game, that's when we work. So, I don't see uh, what he mentioned last week. Our boss said he doesn't see us getting started until July. So I, I honestly believe that myself and Dirty Kurt got at least two more months off before we even start. Now, we had a big noon meeting today and talking about, you know, May 26 is when they first start allowing the senior people to come in. And then after then the following week, so it's going to come in waves. And by June 8th, I believe, that's when everyone – Full-time people are coming back, and they were talking about all the stuff we got to go to, the, the floors that we're going to be on, the mask, and the, and the whole nine yards. But I don't see people like me and Dirty Kurt coming back until the middle of July. And I and, and again, Bill and, and Chuck, I think that's going to be without fans as well, and the guys will be just calling the games from the basement of the arena. 
Marty, Marty, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Very important. Ooh, there's that back. Nice and behind me. So uh, maybe that's just me. So when I, okay, so when I do this, does it go away now? No, no it's still there. I see, I see it over in the corner. Yeah, I do. That's, that's just for you guys because for the audience, I got a regular screen. But I'm glad that you guys are entertained with the new background, you know. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, so I ask you, Marty, uh, because of your age and your uh, health conditions like me, uh, and I know look at the birds, but people like you have got to be real concerned and have got to be thinking, yeah, I know I got to get back to work. I know I got to make the dollar. But are you uh, afraid? Have they made you uh, sufficiently afraid for your life and your age and your tonnage and your health conditions like, like they've concerned me? It's like I, I, I got to keep denying it to, what? to be able to get out there and go, yeah, okay, I guess it's time to go back to work. I guess the last three months we've been worried about it don't mean anything now. No. No, I, I, in all honesty, I'm not worried. Number one, because I believe I already had the coronavirus, so I probably got the antibodies by now. And number two, uh, in the meeting today, they talked about we're all going to be mandatory wearing the masks for a while, and they're doing all this cleaning and everything. So I'm going to be, I believe I'm going to be okay. I'm going to do what I've been doing for the last two months now since we've been quarantined. I'm going to wear my mask to the, to the job. I get annoyed after a while breathing in my own hot air, <laughs> you know, but other than by that, way, by the way, let me interrupt you there. Yeah. That's what I don't like about the mask. That is what I have heard. I have heard that the masks are as negative. In other words, I've heard the doc. I've heard doctors say, if you are healthy, do not wear a mask. Do you hear that? Yeah. If you are healthy, don't wear a mask. And you just hit on one of the important things that they said, which was we have bacteria in our mouths. We have bacteria uh, around on our face. So we have bacteria. Yeah. The mask, that bacteria was hey, hey, Bill, hold on a second. Carlita, please quit moving. You're moving your microphone, Carlita, and it's making all kind of noise. Please set it down and let it sit still, please, Carlita. There is no set down. I have to stand. I understand, but when you're holding the, the phone, it's constantly making all kinds of noises and making our video go crazy, okay? Let me let me see if I can do this. Yes, yeah, hold on, audience. Why don't you go to a break and let her, let her catch it? All right, let, let's do that. Okay, let's do that. We're going to take a quick break, and we come back. We'll get Carlita set up, and we'll do our. Uh, we'll start off with our Big Daddy Six Pack on the Rogue Radio Network. It's been an All Star Summer here in Cleveland, so make it an All Star Fall with the All Star lineup of Blaster products. They kick off with PB Blaster, the number one selling penetrant for breaking free rusted parts. There's silicone lubricant, penetrating grease, garage door, and multi-purpose lubricant, and more to penetrate, lubricate, loosen, fix, and conquer each job. So don't bust your knuckles, bust your nuts with PB Blaster. Available at a home, auto, or hardware store near you. And always use Blaster products and work it like a pro. It's been an all-star summer here in Cleveland. 
So make it an all-star fall with the all-star lineup of blaster products. They kick off with BB Blaster, the number one selling penetrant for breaking free rusted parts. There's silicone lubricant, penetrating grease, garage door, and multi-purpose lubricant, and more to penetrate, lubricate, loosen, fix, and conquer each job. So don't bust your knuckles, bust your nuts with BB Blaster. Available at a home, auto, or hardware store near you. And always use blaster products and work it like a pro. Sean Vall here for Home Appliance Sales and Service. Home Appliance is now open in Avon, and we can't wait for you to experience it. With over 30 brands available and 23 kitchen displays under one roof, many of them live, you'll be surrounded by tremendous design ideas and creative opportunities. Visit us at 1180 Jaycox Road in Avon for an incredible home appliance experience. And if you can't make it to Avon, visit us in Brunswick, Lodi, or on our website at yourhomeappliance.com. Hey, if you're a busy person on the go businessman like me, a lot of times you forget the small things in your lifestyle, but those small things are very important. Hey, I'm a busy guy. I got things to do. Now, I love to cook, I love to eat, but I don't like cleaning. That's when I found out about Tiffany Cleans. Tiffany Cleans will clean that stuff that you don't want to do. Whether it's residential, small, commercial, Tiffany Cleans will clean it, make it smell wonderful, and it's all professionally done. Shoot Tiffany Cleans an email right now to get you started. TiffanyCleans123 at gmail.com. That's TiffanyCleans123 at gmail.com. Tiffany Cleans, get that dirt out of here. Don't, don't. All right, back on the GLC with uh, our show members, Bender, Chocoletti, Carlita, who just keeps moving the video, just keeps moving the camera. I've said to her three times, she doesn't understand. If you keep moving things, we hear it and we see it. So I'm bringing you back in now. All right. Welcome, Carlita. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are all of you? Wonderful. Please, wherever you have the camera now, don't touch it, okay? I have to hold it because I'm in my car now. Okay, okay, but so. fine. If you're holding it right now, you're in the car and you're not moving, it's good. So we got Billy Morris who's checking in with us from his food truck at the bottom of the hour. So let's see if we can get our six-pack going right now, okay? All right. Let's get it on. All right, here we go. Here's a six-pack. All right, everyone, we have been stuck at home in front of your TVs, and when there's nothing on TV and you are channel surfing, what are the go-to movies you'll always stop on no matter where it is in the movie? Chuck, I'll let you up first on the clock. I love the movie with Morgan Freeman. Um, Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. That would be one I would definitely stop on. Uh, almost all of the Rocky movies, except maybe Rocky Six and Rocky Five. Um I, I love all those. I love uh, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, I loved um, A Few Good Men. I like, uh, yeah, that's, that's probably about it. And I and I really love, believe it or not, who I really miss is uh, Steven Seagal. I loved all the Steven Seagal movies. All I right. love the fact that an evangelist, you could go, uh, not an evangelist with your, uh, well, you, what's the word I'm for? You got to have a 30-second internal clock in your mind. Uh, Carlina, you're next. Go. Movie that has I, my oh jeez! <laughs> Go ahead, Carlita. I love Little Rascals. I'll never get bored of watching Little Rascals. Takes me back to a little place to where I just kind of get lost, and I kind of imagine myself being Darla. So I'm a Little Rascals fan, and I've always been obsessed with watching the older little movies like that. All right. Um, well, mine is first of all my number one go-to thing is 
is the murder mysteries that I always like to watch. No matter where they are, I will watch those. My movies are Conrad Birdie. A lot of you may not remember that, but as a kid growing up, that was one for me. The Green Mile with Tom Hanks. Uh, was my uh, number one. Ten Commandments is another one I will always watch no matter. And this one will shock you guys. If you, any of you guys remember this, The Music Man. When I was a kid growing up, oh, the Wells Fargo wagon is coming down the street. Bigger, you're up. All right, I'll tell you, uh, I will stop and watch uh, the Godfather movies anytime I see them in any spot, and then I'll stay to the end. Uh, Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven, best Western I think I've ever seen. I'll watch it anytime. Third movie, Jeremiah Johnson. I will watch that no matter what time I I, I pop into the movie. And uh, any John Wayne Western. Any John Wayne Western for me. Those are the movies. And, and I like Shawshank Redemption, too. That's another good one. You can pop in anytime. Round two. Okay, guys, we all have people who annoy the hell out of us. Give me three people. If you had the chance to smack the crack crap out of, who would they be? Carlita, you're up first on the clock. <laughs> I will definitely have to say somebody that I pay rent to that doesn't understand this COVID-19 issue. <laughs> um, that's definitely one. Two, somebody that is not even from our country. That's definitely the second. Third, I think the gas stations, because it keeps going up and down so much, they change more freaking gas prices than I do my bra and panties, and I change at least once or twice a day in my bra and panties. So, yeah, those three are definite on my list. Okay, for me, there's three people. <laughs> Colin Cowherd is number one, who's on Fox Sports Net, or Fox Sports Ohio, whatever the hell he is, Fox Sports. I can't stand that weaselly-looking, jackal-looking son of a bitch. The second one is Rachel Nichols from ESPN. Something about her annoys the hell out of me, especially when she starts shrieking and her pitch of her voice goes higher. And the third one is a, the former IT guy at Clear Channel, Jeff Rooks, who used to drive me crazy, the little bastard. Bender, you're up. Okay, the three people that I would like to smack around. Number one, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> whap, 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 whap. I've been wanting to whap her around for a couple years. Stop touching your camera. Stop it. Oh, my God. Because they only see you moving it, so stop it. Uh, next, Greta Thunberg. Remember that Swedish uh, teenager? Talking about, you're killing no one. You're killing me. And the third one, Alec Baldwin. Please. Shut your mouth. Bah, 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 bah. I really don't want to. I, I'm really down today. I don't feel like spreading hate and calling people out. I do. There, there are some people I can imagine. I'd like to smack them. But I really, right now, as I sit here, I am mad at the world. So I don't want to smack the world out. I just, I, I have no particular people I could call out. I want to know who this foreign Scottish guy is that uh, Bill wants to whack out. I'm surprised by that. Okay. She's the one that said about global warming that we're all killing her and her and her friends global warming round three <laughs> all right this virus pandemic uh, pandemic has us all thinking and reflecting on our lives and what might be next what do you wish you could do that you can't pender you're first up on the clock 
Oh, I have wished I could do this my entire life and probably a lot of other people too. Fly. I, you know, from the beginning of time, man has looked up at the birds and wanted to fly. And huh, many times in the last couple of months, I've wanted to just fly away, be able to fly away. So if you're asking me in a question like this, I would like to fly or give me three wishes like Aladdin. Rub the lamp. Give me three wishes. But that's my answer. Go ahead. Carlita, you're up. He took that for me because I always say to every client that goes away, I want them to bring me back a bottle like with sand and I want to be like a, be able to put like a little man in a bottle and just shove his ass up on the shelf. And when I want him down, just pull him down and rub my little genie and, you know, whatever wish I want, then it just like commands, you know, I get it. And then put him back up in a bottle and put him back up on the shelf. Uh, to be able to go away often, more often. There you go. Well, mine is very simple, and it's not going to surprise anybody. I wish that I could be a 25-year-old porn star. That would be the ideal job for me. You all know me. You know my personality. You know what things are important to me in my lifestyle. You know what I haven't had now and going on four freaking years. So if I could go back and do anything, I'd be a 25-year-old porn star if they... Heaven is being paid to make love to women. Chuck, you're on it. Well, that, that's uh, very hard to follow, Marty. I, I wish you the best on that career choice. That's, uh, good. Hopefully it was uh, before they had uh, AIDS. I don't know. Or whatever. Oh, I, I, I say, it. <laughs> that's I, it? I, I will say. If I had a chance, to, uh, I'd wish to be younger again and have a chance to know what I know now and, and not make the same mistakes over. But, uh, yeah, that'd probably be it. Yeah, a, a, a fresh start. But everybody's got a fresh start every day, I guess. So that's about it for me. Round four. Fight. Okay, this is serious. If you could write your own eulogy for someone else to read at your memorial, what would your eulogy say? Carlita, you're up first again on the clock. Okay, first, anybody who knows me truly knows that when I die, I want to be laying sideways in my casket holding a Starbucks cup <laughs> and with a smile on my face looking at all of you. And I don't want it to be morbid by any means. You have to come. You have to be excited. You have to be happy because I'm very well taken care of up there. I already know that. So I want them to say that I always made them smile I always made them love themselves all over again, and I always wanted everybody to be happy. I think of everyone else before myself. Bender, you're up. Okay. Uh, on my tombstone. <laughs> he was an acquired taste. Ha <laughs> ha! That tasting good to That's fantastic. <laughs> you like it? That, that would be you. Absolutely. But the bottom line is you're a good guy with a good heart, and that's what's more important. I'll go third. I would say I would want somebody to say to everybody at my memorial, Big Daddy always told me that from the time he graduated from high school that he had the time of his life. Don't mourn me. Don't be sad for me. Have a big-ass party. Enjoy yourself and everybody dance and laugh and understand that life is going to go on with or without me. But the world was so much better with Big Daddy in it 
than it was when he wasn't. Gladdy. I'll tell you this, Marty. That sounded very touching. I want to. I want to cry. I used to have big uh, dreams for my funeral. I was going to have doves flying and you know all these things happening. Right now, I'd be lucky if the county burned me and get my. <laughs> so I really don't know what I want. What the? What the? <laughs> so, so that's pretty much what it would say on your eulogy, huh? Hey, if you can burn me, I'm good, huh? You know what, Chuck? I'll bring a case of beer just for you. Round five. Fight. Okay, when you were a young child, did you ever dream or fantasize about being an animal? Or at least wonder what would it be like? And if so, what kind of animal would you be? Back to you, Galetti, first on the clock. I would be a tiger. Who wouldn't want to be a tiger? Oh. I would. I think a tiger is a, is a fantastic animal. I've, uh, I've always... Tigers. I just I like tigers. I don't know. I, I I think if that was the kind of animal I would love to be, it'd be a, a wild free. It reminds me of you. That, okay, Carlita, you're up. I always wanted to be a horse. Being raised on horses and uh, always like riding them and stuff, I always enjoyed like their thighs and their big bodies and muscular. And I, I think I like horses. Well, for me, definitely, I'm, I'm in the same neighborhood as Chuck Aletti, but I'd love to be a lion, a male lion. How nice is it to sit there on your ass all day and let the women go out and, and catch the food and kill the food, and then you swoop in and say, everybody get the hell out of the way. I'm eating first. And the second thing, this won't surprise you guys again, I'd love to be a dog. To be able to go out in public anywhere on anybody's yard and have sex in public and get stuck for everybody to see, that's absolutely wonderful. Bender, you're up. <laughs> Okay, well, you know, I agree with Carla and Carlita. I would always wanted to be a horse. And I think it came from uh, the TV show, Mr. Ed. If you, you remember that. And I, I, I always liked Mr. Ed. I always liked Black Beauty, uh, My Friend Flicka, uh, Black... Uh, um, um, oh, I can't think of some, some of the other horses, but uh, I was raised around horses. My sisters all rode horses. Uh, women like horses, so I could be there to come on, get on my back. Uh, but, uh, I always, I, I always want to be a horse. All right, who do we leave out? Galetti, you're up. Oh no, no, you said you already was want to be one. That's right. That, that's why I spent all my money on horses. You got it. All right. We're going to get to uh, Billy Morris, who's out there smoking and cooking. Billy, before I get to the last question, turn your phone sideways so we can get a panoramic view, and we'll be coming to you in just a minute. Round six. All right, people. Another thing we all have been dealing with is cooking and creating meals at home, and that includes dessert. So what was your favorite dessert as a kid, and is it, is it the same now that you are as an adult? And are you having it during this pandemic and what is your flavor of ice cream so carlita your favorite dessert and your favorite ice cream and have you been having it you're on the clock so i make homemade cannoli often and i always make tiramisu so i am so excited to see now that they make tiramisu ice cream so i have to say that my favorite is the cannolis um and i've made them since i was young and i like putting the cherry juice inside the cannoli 
and I like mix it around and it makes it a little bit fluffier and creamier and sweet. So cannoli is definitely my favorite dessert, but I'd have to say tiramisu is what I eat now more of. All right. Those are my tops. Well, mine is fried pies. My mother made these fried pies. She would make these little round circles out of dough, and then she'd put some uh, dried apricots and dried peaches in there, and she put it in there, and then she'd take the fork and take the ends to close it up, and then she'd fry it. It was absolutely delicious, and one of the reasons why I was up to 450 pounds by the time I was a teenager. The other thing, my favorite ice cream, it used to be Haagen-Dazs Butter Pecan. Yum! But it changed because six months ago, I got familiar with honey roasted, honey roasted salted almond. That's my favorite ice cream. Galetti, you're up on the clock. Well, I'll tell you, when I was a kid, I was real fat. When I was little, they called me Sweaty Galetti. All I ate was <laughs> it was terrible. I ate Little Debbie's until I started wrestling. I lost. Oh like- my god. <laughs> I was an eight grade. I ended up wrestling 110, so I lost all the weight then. Uh, but uh, I ate little gummies. I loved them with the, the cream inside. And my favorite ice cream, of course, is moose tracks. I love that, that fudge in there. Uh, <laughs> Bender, you're up, Bender. Okay, I tell you, uh, my favorite dessert as a kid, and you may not have heard about it, is called junket. Have you ever heard of junket? No. Little little pills, little tablets. And you mixed it with milk or whatever, and you had to put it in the refrigerator. And it was sort of like pudding or water, or like (laughs) like milk and pudding. It was very, very uh, fragile to turn back to like liquid. Uh, I I don't see it today. I guess they still make it. Uh, And my favorite ice cream, Breyers Vanilla, baby. Breyers Vanilla. That's it. Flawless victory. All right, the GLC six-pack every Wednesday at noon when I don't have a meeting. Uh, right here, brought to you by American Office Services and Goldberry Roasting Company. All right, let's go out to my main man, Billy Morris. We got Joe Alvello down in Southern Exposure. We'll get to him in just a minute. But right now, we got Billy Morris. You all know Billy Morris, famous rock and roller around town. Billy, where are you at right now? I'm in Bay Village, Ohio. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. We can see you. All the guys can hear you and see you as well as the hundreds and hundreds and thousands in the audience. So, look, I got my hair pulled back. Sexy. My uh, apron on. And I'm cooking chicken wings right now. I'm literally in the control room of my studio. But, um, uh, yeah, since I lost all my band gigs, I I opened up my food truck outside of our uh, headquarters in Bay Village, right at – 605 Clay Parkway. There's a little park in Bay Village. We're connected to that park. So we opened up for a walk up and drive up, take out barbecue. And now I opened up my ice cream trailer as well. We have ice cream as well. So if you want to talk ice cream, you got to talk to me. I'm the ice cream master. Oh, my God. Now, when, when, now that location, is that where I came to do the song for yes. Baker Mayfield? Yes. Oh. I'm standing right on the spot that you sat when we wrote that song. Fantastic. So right now, do you got any? You got stuff going on the grill? Give the people a little look at, yeah, look, see at what out. you got. Let me. I'm gonna walk out and then I'll uh, I'll open up one of the grills, and we'll see what we got going on here. This is pretty cool. Billy Moore's oh, walking to the smoker right now. I wish that you guys could smell this, but uh, oh, can you see all those wings Ooh. there? Here, a tray just came off. Oh my! Oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, I'm so hungry. Four more trays of that inside, and there's a whole other smoker over here. That's my chef Matt. 
doing? What's up, Matt? Hey, uh, this, is my, this is my wood pile. All right. Uh, but I got another, and I got another smoker completely full. I think he just put a batch on. Oh. Oh. Wow. And there's a bunch of chicken thighs as well. <laughs> Roadkill helper. That's our special today. Um, so I'm standing now out in front of my truck. So you can see the truck out there in Zoom land. And business is pretty good for your truck right now, huh? Because of everybody having to be outside? Well, the thing is, is, yeah, all the restaurants kind of closed down, and we jumped on this right away. We thought, you know, we lost all of our food truck jobs, but why don't we open up for the neighborhood? We reduced our prices because we're not driving anywhere, and we got a great response not only from the neighborhood, but I got people driving from the east side. You know, our food speaks for itself, and we built a good reputation, you know. We got, we got the six-foot line markers on the parking lot. We got signs saying, no loitering, please enjoy your food at home. Um, but we're doing beef brisket, pulled pork, mac and cheese, chicken thighs. Our special on Wednesdays, chicken wings. Our special on Thursdays, our ribs. And like I said, I opened up my own my ice cream trailer now that the weather's getting a little better. It's called Smoking Rock and Roll on Ice. Oh, you're the best. You know that? Cream. When you guys are talking favorite ice creams, I got maple... Bacon bourbon ice cream. What? Uh, I got a lot of I got a lot of exotic flavors. My favorite this year so far, and it changes, is the black raspberry truffle. I've got uh, I've got bananas Foster. I got Play-Doh ice cream for the kids. Cookie Monster for the kids. So, uh, and we're real busy too. Like I said, I lost all my jobs. You know, the the lunch jobs for the truck. But since we opened up here, it's been steady and. I'm fortunate. I lost all my band gigs. My girlfriend, Leah Nikas, her uh, her company, Liquid Lifestyles, all the pools shut down, so she can't teach any swimming. Right. But the food trucks, you know, people got to eat. We're essential. Right. So once again, right now, give people the address again of where they can come back and come by and get some of that awesome food, Billy. Okay. 605 Clay Parkway. Uh, we're kind of right underneath the bridge that goes over I-90. So if you get off 90 at... At Clegg, uh, you head north. At the bottom of the bridge, you do a hairpin turn, and you come back, and you can see the truck. You can't miss it. We're in Bay Village, 605 Clegg Parkway. We're open every Tuesday through Saturday, 4 to 7 for dinner. And uh, we have ice cream and shaved ice and some treats for the kitties, too. Billy Morris, as always, my brother. Go ahead, go ahead, Chuck. Hey, I just want to ask you. I, I got a lot of friends who are musicians, and they're out of work like you and stuff. When, when do you think realistically that uh, you guys will get back to it? I don't think personally. I don't think we're going to play live in 2020. I think it's 2021. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't perform. My studio is like a live performance area for bands. We've done shows already in here. Three camera shoots live over the internet with the virtual tip jar this friday night is the jimmy jack band's plan and i hope to open this up and get the attention of the local bands because i don't think we're going back to the clubs this year just for you know safety reasons and government reasons but that doesn't mean that bands can't perform on the internet and make a little money virtual tip jar so um wow yeah it's crazy I mean, I talk to my friends, like, you know, I'm friends with the guys in Def Leppard. You know, they sold over a million tickets for the stadium tour, which is going to get canceled. So it's it's the, the, the local guys and the worldwide guys. There's, I don't. I personally 
from talking to some of the bigger, bigger people, I don't think the bands are going to play out till 2021. Then you might have some small, like in the corner things, but we're talking about, you know, four or five guys on stage with, with a packed house of people in their face, dancing and sweating and getting spit on by the singer. You know, that's part of a rock concert, you know? You got to be in front and you got to get spit on by the singer. And that's usually me. You, you got Billy Morris. Billy Morris is always my friend. Thanks for joining us. And good luck with the smoking, rocking truck and the smoking, rocking ice cream, okay? You got Hey, guys, thanks for having me be part of your guys' show. I love you guys. We'll get the guitar going in one of these days when we can, and uh, we'll keep in touch. All right, Billy. Take care, my friend. All right. See you guys. All Thank right. You. Bye-bye. All right, Car- Carlita, you know how much I love you, right? But I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go because your 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 audio is just terrible because you're moving and you're driving right now and it's yes. just it, it's I'm I'm about 200 feet away from Billy. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it, it, you know, if you could stop and not move it would be great, but otherwise it's just killing us. All through Billy's interview and everything so Okay, I'll call you guys back then in a few minutes. You got it. Thank you. Go ahead and go ahead and end that. All right. Let's bring in our buddy Okay. Joe Alvello down at Southern Exposure. Uh, Joe, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. I was kind of curious if uh, Billy has that orange sherbet ice cream. That's my favorite. The, the, the favorite is what again? Orange sherbet ice cream. Can you hear me? Yes. And your dessert? Dessert would be chocolate pie. Plain and simple. French silk chocolate pie. Yo, can I say something? That's kind of boring. I mean, you, you got chocolate silk pie and you got orange sherbet as your favorite ice cream. Let's spice it up a little bit, for goodness <laughs> sakes. We're during, living in quarantine. I mean, the only thing I can do to spice it up is if I was an animal, I'd be a unicorn. That's as spicy <laughs> as you can get. Uh, if you, You'd want to be a unicorn. Wait a minute now. A oh, there's, yes, a, there's a joke in there. That's the thing with the big horn on the head. Well, more importantly, it's the beauty of a horse. It's the beauty of a horse, and then it can also fly. Y'all got to be nice. So, yeah, so that, covers, that covers everything for me. That, 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 his favorite thing would be ramming people from behind. You, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it, Joe. With that big old pointy thing on the end of it. Okay, real quick. I got a random phone call before Booms calls in. Hold on a second. Let me see what it is. Hi, you're on the GLC for lunch, bunch, and Zoom party. Go. With all this coronavirus, it's so refreshing to hear we talk about something else. What was this all about the unicorn? I missed this. Well, we in our six-pack, I asked the question... If you yeah. were, if did you did you fantasize when you were young about being an animal? And if you did, what animal would you want to be if you came back reincarnated as an animal? Oh, I love this! I love this, guys. I drive through Brexville, and there's this big, huge nest, and I see these bald eagles. And I'll be driving down the highway on road trips, and I'll see a mile off off of the highway hawks and eagles. I want to come back. As a hawk, just sailing above everyone, just free as a bird. I want to come back as a beautiful hawk or an eagle. And and if you uh, uh, was there, TV another part of the six pack. I'm sorry, what's your first name, sir? Uh, Mark with a K. Hey, Mark. Oh, oh that's right. Hi, Mark. Now, uh, when you were growing up, what were your favorite movies that you were growing up? If you if you could watch a movie, you're laying in bed, you're bored to death, and a movie that comes on. 
What movie would that be that comes on every time that you would watch every time? At what age? At what age group am I? Uh, you and, let's say you're ten years old. Ten years old. Oh my gosh. Ten years. I got it. Oh my gosh. Phenomenal. I was addicted. I was fascinated with the whole Planet of the Apes series. Did any of you guys go to the Parma movie theater? Yes. I used. I one time went with my brother Joe, and we watched it. Every Planet of the Eight movie. It was a Planet of the Eight movie marathon, and I couldn't wait for the Planet of the Eight movies to come out. Charlton Heston, uh, phenomenal movie series. And Mark, one more. If they, we all talked about people that annoy us, give me three people that if you could smack the crap out of because they annoy you, what three people would that be? First of all, Chuck Galetti, number one. <laughs> number two, and Mr. Bender will appreciate this, Donald Trump. Okay. And wow. number, number three, my neighbor Rick. And why? What does Rick do? Rick's a giver. He's not a taker. He gives, he gives. Uh, no, he's, he's a taker. I, I, I got to cook for the guy. I never get jack shit and bring it back from the guy. The guy, I can't even get a pierogi from the Polak. <laughs> so your neighbor, Rick, huh? Yeah, those are my top three right there. You got it, my friend. As always, Mark, we appreciate you joining us on the GLC. Even though it's a later time today because I had a conference call with the Cavaliers. As always, we appreciate your Go support, Cavs. okay? Thank you, guys. Go Cavs. All right, you got it. All right, Carlita, you're good now, right? I'm good, Marty. Yeah. Th thank God. It was a freaking nightmare. I'm trying to do Billy Morris, and every five seconds, your thing, even though you're trying to hold it, but you're driving, and it and these microphones are sensitive in the Zoom software, so it just keeps coming back to you, and your thing is shaking, and the wind is blowing, and it's like you don't understand the importance of sitting still, Okay. <laughs> That's not what I'm good at. I don't sit still. I know, we noticed that. Okay. Uh, I want to share with you. Go. I want to share with you. Look how cute. Oh, here we go. It's moving again. There we go. Look. Oh, you're there. I told you. Tell Billy I said I'm going to come by tomorrow and get some ribs. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some goodies. Oh, good. I like her. Yeah, there she go again. Oh, geez. <laughs> anyway, 4-4, four, four, we're, waiting, we're waiting on uh, Chuck Booms to check in. Lower hey, the booms. baby, come get some wings. You get wings. Well, I do have to meet with Marty in a little bit or sometime later, so I'm going to grab some goodies for him, too. <laughs> All right, let me, let me go to the phone line. I'm going to take it cold because I'm working my ass off here. Hey, is this Chuck Booms? Yes, it is. How you doing, my friend? Thank you for joining us and adjusting your schedule for the thing. Chuck Booms commentary every Wednesday. We lower the booms right here, usually 1245, but because we started two 245, brought to you by American Office Services and Goldberry Roasting Company, the best damn coffee in the GLC. All right, Chuck, so they're going to finally, Chuck Booms, they're going to finally start opening things up. Carlita and her salon is going to yeah. be able to do business starting Friday. The restaurants now are going to be able to serve you outdoor. If they have outdoor dining, you can dine now at the restaurant starting Friday outdoor. But if it's uh, but then after that, on the 21st, you'll be able to 
indoor. To have indoor. So your opinions on the whole thing and now on Governor Mike DeWine uh, starting to open things back up? Well, I can tell you one place that's going to be packed to the gills on Friday is going to be shooters uh, down in the flats. Uh, that's going to be remarkably, if the weather's nice, if the weather, you know, if the weather is sunny and whatever, and you think of the capacity they have for outdoor dining and not only just outdoor dining now, because bars are a go-to. So if you have an, a, a space uh, with a bar and a patio and all that stuff, uh, wine didn't differentiate between whether you sat outside on a patio and had a drink or whether you sat outside and had a hamburger. So uh, I think it's, you know, you know my opinion, long overdue. Um, I've done the past couple of days my own little tour of, the malls to see what's going on. I went to Menor Mall yesterday. The anchor stores, Macy's, and the others were not open. Uh, and then most of the little stores weren't either. It was probably at, I'd say, 25, 30% capacity. And then today I went to Beachwood Mall. Uh, now, a couple of their anchors were open. So Dillard's was open. Saks Fifth Avenue was open. Nordstrom's was not. And again, most of the smaller stores were not open. So, but I think we got to give it, Marty. We got to give it a little bit of time. My buddy Gary in Missouri, who works for UPS and delivers directly to the Battlefield Mall in Springfield, Missouri, which is a very large mall, they started a little slow. They started with the anchors not open. And he said, as of last Friday and even this Monday, the mall's packed and 80% or more of the stores are open. All right, guys, uh, guys, I've lost your video, but I see. But Bender, do you have a question for Booms? No, no, I'm good. I'm listening. That's that, that's fine. No, Chuck. Yeah, no. So I mean, that's uh, you know, we're gonna have bigger fish to fry, guys, today than the coronavirus, because Barack Obama's administration is being, if I may use the term correctly, unmasked for the criminals that they were. And these people were involved in some really bad stuff. And I think it's a shame for the country. I wouldn't want it for him. I wouldn't want it for anybody. But what they were doing during the Trump transition is really unconscionable. And just before I came on with you guys, 39 names were released in regards to the unmasking of a three-star general, General Michael Flynn. This is a guy we now know and have definitive proof did nothing wrong. And they were just making up crimes and trying to entrap him. And unmasking is a Class A felony. And of the names on the list that were just released maybe 10 minutes ago, Joe Biden is one of the names. Okay. So I would tell well, everybody to pass in their seatbelts because this is about to get deep. Joe, uh, Joe Avella, what did you have to say? Uh, I mean, just because you mentioned Joe, by the way, nice to, to not see you, but hear you, Chuck. Um, the, the thing Thank is, you, is that uh, I, I respect your opinion completely, clearly. And the part is, is that I think there's a lot of, of mystery and there's a lot of lies and a lot of good and bad. And it's just hard for the regular person like me and you and a lot of other people out there to figure out who's lying, who's telling the truth, what to believe, what not to believe with a lot of stuff that's coming in the media. We don't know who to believe. 
what to listen to, what statistics are right, what data is correct, what we're supposed to do, what we're not supposed to do. So um, I think just like, I, I agree um, on that. I agree on some of that, Joe, but I have to tell you, there are places here now where we have facts. And I, as you know from getting to know me, I only deal in facts. So while John Brennan, uh, who should be fitting himself for a suit with long numbers on it, and Clapper, all these guys were out on all the TV shows saying President Trump, President-elect Trump is a Russian agent. He colluded with the Russians. We now know from declassified documents from the Director of National Intelligence, Rick Grinnell, in their own words, under oath, with penalty of perjury, and we know what that entails, that each one of these people said they had no information, no proof, no nothing, that President Trump ever knew anybody in Russia, blah, 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 blah. So we do have facts. We do now know that they were all lying. They were going on national television, and they were lying to the American people and lying and fomenting this Russia, 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 and it's a lie. It never happened. I understand what you're saying, but by the same token, I mean, I, I agree with you with that part, but by the same token, do you not find it interesting that none of, I don't even like to say the name, but none of, none of the current administration's um, staff or anyone even showed up to court at all for the impeachment proceedings? There's, there is nothing to, 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 for anyone to be asked a question if the person won't even show up. That's the part that I have the problem with. So I agree well, with what that, you're saying. That, that's that, good. That, but that, again, that's, that's not necessarily true either, Joe. Uh, there were people who showed up. It was not a court. It was a scam hearing held by one of the biggest criminals, Adam Schiff. And Adam Schiff was subpoenaing people that no president, whether it's Obama, Bush, Trump, no president, would ever let their chief of staff go there. You, you can't have that and have a presidency, no matter who it is. So they respectfully just declined, as was their constitutional right, they declined to testify. Joe, you had, you had a follow-up there, Joe? Uh, I don't, actually. I, I respect exactly what you just said. So just one of those situations, I think, where it's unfortunate for all of us that are caught in the middle to try to figure out just because someone is not constitutionally motivated to go ahead and do something doesn't mean that they shouldn't do it if they have a good moral fiber. I'm not saying that those people that didn't show up the bad moral fiber. I'm just saying it's like the right thing to do. If you have nothing to hide, you show up to court. Yeah, but, but one of the things is if somebody wanted you to come and testify, and they're going to ask you about all kinds of other things that due to your job with the presidency or whatever your job is, and you know the whole thing is a scam, which we now know. This is, this is what we have to go back to. This has all been a lie. The American people and taxpayers were taken for a ride for two and a half years by having loudmouth whores like Joey Behar and Whoopi Goldberg and that fat-ass McCain chick and that idiot uh, Sonny Hostin. And the four of them could hold hands and not share a brain. Uh, they're out there every day, Russia, 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 collusion, collusion. It's a lie. It's a lie. It, it, and everybody better get this through their heads. It's factually now been proven. That was a lie. None of it happened. None of it. So now what you have is the, just anybody, if you're a little bit curious like me, Joe, you would say to yourself, 
Well, why was Obama so consumed with Michael Flynn? Well, let's examine. Michael Flynn was the director of national intelligence for Obama, and they did not see head-to-head, eye-to-eye on a lot of things, including Flynn tried to warn him that uh, ISIS was out of control and it was an offshoot of al-Qaeda. And while he was running around telling everybody how he defeated bin Laden and al-Qaeda, Flynn was telling him that the Middle East is about to be on fire again and it's going to be on your watch. And, of course, it does end up being on his watch with what happened in Syria and ISIS overtaking a huge swath of Iraq. Uh, so, obviously, there's a problem between Flynn and Obama. And so Obama turned his departments loose. Department of Justice with Loretta Lynch. He sent Clapper and Brennan. He had that criminal James Comey. And they went all after Flynn and then used the Flynn thing to start up a fake thing about Russia and try and basically unseat a duly elected president because they're a bunch of fucking crybabies that couldn't deal with the fact that uh, Hillary Clinton lost. But, you know, people need to be held account for this. The United States of America, I don't give a damn what party you're in. I don't particularly find George Bush and Dick Cheney that trustworthy either. As far as I'm concerned, they could go to jail. They put us in a war that we had no business getting into. They sent Colin Powell to the U.N. to lie to America and say there were weapons of mass destruction. That was a lie. So this isn't political for me. It's American to me. And these sons of bitches that did this to President Trump and lied to the American people, whether it's Obama, Biden, or the rest of them, need to be held to account. And I'll tell you what, the horse is out of the barn. Fasten your seatbelts. I don't think they're, you know, Chuck, I, I, I agree with your sentiments. I am just disappointed because I don't think anybody's going to jail of import. Yeah, they did it. Yeah, yeah, it's there, but they're still part of the swamp, and yep. I don't see any of them going to jail at all. I can't, I can't disagree with that, Bender. I can't disagree with that, but I'm going to give you two words, two names that should make you feel pretty good at night. Bill Barr, and that guy doesn't take shit from anybody. Yeah, I, I, let's hope. Let's hope. I've heard, I've heard names before. You know, it's just like the Democrats on the other side. The Mueller report. We gotta wait. Mueller's going to do it. Mueller's going to have. Mueller's going to tell us all. Mueller's going to turn it all over. We got. We wait, and Mueller comes out, and it's a big fart in the wind. Yeah, nothing. Hey, so, nothing. Uh, he found. He he found no collusion. But we're going to find out that the Robert Mueller commission and his appointment as special counsel and other things that went into that was all a trap and a setup. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let, let me ask you a question, uh, uh, Chuck Chuck Booms, yeah. and of course uh, Bill Bender. With the whole th- with this whole thing that's been going on, the politics have pretty much stopped. Not in general, but the politics for running for president has stopped. There's been no right. primaries, no nothing. Is it right now? Is it still on schedule for us to vote for the new freaking president in uh, November? Nothing, nothing has changed. The one thing I will remind everybody, you know, you keep hearing about, well, maybe we won't have conventions. Bender, I'm sure, knows this, and so does Joe's, Joe's uh, very astute on politics and the Constitution. You can't have an election unless you have those conventions. That's just part of the Constitution, Trump included. 
Trump must go to the Republican convention and be renominated for president of the United States. And Joe Biden, somebody can hold his hand and show him the building. Joe Biden has to also Joe Biden has to also go and be nominated by the Democrat Party for president. If you do not have the delegates and then the, the nominating process, you can't have an election. So these idiots that are like, yeah, well, maybe we'll just skip the convention. Yeah, you can't. Unless we just start skipping things in the Constitution. Joe, I see your uh, head shaking no over there. What you got? I'm just curious about, I mean, and I agree with you completely. Um, my question is, do you think that there may possibly be a better representation for the Republican Party besides besides him, Trump? Hell no. Hell no. I mean, I, I, you could get Hell me to get no. rid of, you could get me to get rid of Mike Pence. He's uh, he's one of the oddest people ever. Uh, Joe, I think we could agree any guy that's involved in the pray the gay away uh, yeah. movement, that guy's a little unbalanced anyway. So I've never been a Mike Pence, Pence fan. But Donald Trump, as far as I'm concerned, on a scale of 1 to 10, with what he's had to put up with and the economy he gave us before this bullshit virus, he was right there at a 9 or a 10. He's done a fantastic job. I can't help people don't like him. Um, and I could say maybe I don't necessarily like some of the things he does and says. But a guy that I hired to be a businessman and fix this economy in this country, he's been fantastic. I completely uh, I completely appreciate your perspective. And the question that was asked earlier, who would you smack? Um, I originally said I plead the fist. But um, unfortunately, it's I have to agree with the caller on one of those, and I'm not going to say who the person was. Um, uh, I mean, let me let me pose a question to you, uh, uh, Chuck Booms. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Yes, in our six pack, we said in our lives there there are people that annoy the hell out of you. If you had the chance to smack the crap out of three people, who would those people be? Mine was Colin Callherd. Rachel Nichols and our former uh, IT guy, Clear Channel Scott Rooks. Who would the three people you'd love to smack the crap out of? Uh, the first three people I would smack the shit out of are the first three people that walk up to me and say, "Why don't you have a mask on?" <laughs> I would be one of those. I, I don't know. I don't know their names. I don't care what their names are. I would crack them right in the fucking face and say. By the Constitution of the United States of America, I don't have to wear a mask. Well, I would probably be one of those if I saw you, so hopefully you'll recognize me if you see me. Well, I'll just crack you on the ass cheek. <laughs> Booms, before you go, give us an update on the eyes. Because when we were uh, when we were in the studio, you were going through your eye situation, which is why you couldn't come by the studio. What's happening with your eyes? How they Have they gotten better? Joe can say he saw a picture. He knows how blue they are. Um, it's, uh, I, it's, I appreciate you asking again. It, it's healing. Dude, this is a long, as I told you guys, it's a brutal surgery. Um, and it's no wonder back in the day, you know, we all kind of joked at the beginning when this was happening, Bender and I were trying to outdo each other on references of one-eyed people like Sandy Duncan, uh, Peter Falk, Sammy Davis Jr., 
you know, all of them, by the way, were big stars with a lot of money, and they decided, fuck it, forget about my eye, just give me a glass eye. Right. Well, I, I now know why they did that, because what I've been through has been hell on earth. Uh, so I'm not so sure I would do it. But I was blessed to have the best surgeon in the world, uh, Dr. Kaiser from the Cleveland Clinic. He is an absolute genius, and his staff and everybody there has been, you know, so great, uh, doing little things that you guys don't know about, like calling and following up, how are you, everything all right, blah, blah, blah. So really great people. I still have one last part of this thing to do, and that's next month I have to go get, there's an oil behind my eye where they reattach the retina, and then they fill behind your eye with oil. Uh, some use a gas bubble. If you get a gas bubble, though, you can't get on an airplane, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't sleep a certain way, and I said, yeah, fist on that. Give me the oil. Um, and so they have to drain the oil out, and then they're going to put in a cleansing solution. Because right now, this entire time, seeing out of that eye is like a kid, when we were all little kids, and you jump in the pool, and you're trying to find the quarter at the bottom of the pool, your eye adjusts to the chlorine. Right. But it's still a little blurry, but you can see... That's basically what I have. So I'm kind of excited when the oil goes out, they're going to put this cleaning solution in, and then I'm basically done. But it's a four, five, six-month ordeal. Now, real quick before you go, what was the condition that started this whole process with your problems with the eyes? Uh, it was a detached retina, and I have no idea what caused it. Neither do they. It can happen for a number of reasons. Um, it, it, it could have been starting to be detached, you know, years ago. Um, I had a growth in the back of my eye, which was scary for a while. I didn't know if it was the C word, but that growth was removed and thank God it wasn't. But that growth may have been what punctured a little part of the retina. And then where the retina is punctured, it tears a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then the next thing you know, it, they do a great description of it. It's like if you have a piece of wallpaper and just a little bit of heat and moisture get behind it, you know, it's a little bit, a little bit. And one day you walk in and there's a huge piece of the wallpaper hanging off in the bathroom. And you're like, Jesus, it wasn't like that yesterday. That's exactly what happens with your retina. A little, a little, a little, and then bang, it's gone. You know what's funny? I'll tell you a quick story, then I'll let you go. As always, appreciate the time. I sure. my eyes itch and and a lot of times I scratch them. I didn't know if it was cause of uh, diabetes or you know, years of diabetes or whatever. But finally, I went to go get some 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 eye drops. Okay, and it was called it was Bosch and Lom's all right. all away. I think is what it was called. So now all the way on all the way like A L L A W Y. That's unbelievable, Marty. That's the name of the lubricant on my nightstand. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so and I can tell you this: I'm not putting that in my eye. <laughs> so I uh, I start putting a drop of these in the morning when I wake up, uh-huh. and then about three hours later, I would it would seem like I had particles in my eye. I couldn't get them out. I'm oh. going, what the hell is going on? So I did this for like a week. And every morning, I, I do to, I do a drop in the morning and then a drop at night before I go to bed. Well, when I wake up in the morning, I got this white crap on the side of my eyes on my face. And, and all night, when I would take another drop at night before I go to bed, within an hour or two of laying in bed, all of a sudden again, it felt like I got something in my eye that I can't get out. Well, the long story short, it comes to find out I was allergic to this 
I dropped Carl all the way, and that's what was making these particles kind of, you know, be wet. Well, when when it... you say the particles, and I want to be clear here with everybody that's watching and listening, uh, anytime you start to see dots, like black dots or whatever, yeah. through your eye, those are called floaters, and that's the beginning of a torn or detached retina. Right. You've got to get to the eye doctor immediately. Got you. I, I, I screwed around for a day or two because I just didn't understand what was happening. I thought it was stress. And I thought from the stress I was seeing these dots, and boy, that's not what it was. So it's, uh, I got a question it's a bit of. Yeah, go ahead. Um, my question is I mean, I, I mean, I know my partner had cataracts, and, and I mean, that was quite a, a, a pain in the neck, so to speak, but just for the eyes. Uh, so, like cataracts and glaucoma and detached retinas, I mean, all of those things, some of those are just degenerative because of age or circumstance or whatever happens, but I always thought that detached retina was mostly sports-related or trauma-related um, in reference to maybe something as simple as sneezing or lifting up something that's too heavy or something along those lines. I mean, uh, can, you, can, you, can you let us know what, what, well, what I didn't, um, I didn't have any uh, Yeah, my last trauma was about 15, 16 years ago when I first saw a picture of Jeff Stryker naked. <laughs> Uh, but but other than that, I don't I don't remember anything ripping behind behind my eye. No, and I don't have any of this, Joe. It's a great question. I don't have any of this in my family either. Um, my parents both wore glasses, but there was never any of this. Now I also had this is this is a great story, and then we'll wrap it up, Marty. So speaking of what Joe's talking about, the cataract. So. You know, you guys that know me, I keep myself in pretty damn good shape. When I lived in Los Angeles, I ran two, two and a half miles every day, five days a week, uh, sometimes six. I would at least take one day off. But And I did that for 10, 11 years, and I was a runner before that and after it. But all of a sudden, when my eyes started to get bad, I went finally to see an eye doctor, and he said, my God. I said, what's wrong? And he said, um... You know, you have the eyes of like an 80-year-old. I'm like, what? And he said, you have stage 4 brown cataract in uh, both eyes. And I said, stage 4 out of 10? And he goes, no, out of 5. And I said, what's stage 5? He goes, stage 5 is you're blind. And I'm like, good Lord. And so we're trying to figure out what could have happened, right? Well, you're going to love this. My my reward for keeping my body in good shape by being a runner was that I was running in Los Angeles, and he said every day you ran with all that smog, it was it was flying into your eye, and it was little by little landing like literally like a bucket of, of dirty water on a windshield of a car. You throw it on there, it goes off, but it leaves something behind. It leaves something behind. And so by being a runner in Los Angeles for all those years, I basically destroyed both my eyes. And they both, including the retina eye, which was the first one, I've had a cataract surgery on both eyes where I had to have complete lens replacement. They had to take the old lens out. It was so just, you know, shot. And I have so I have two new lenses and... A surgically repaired um, retina in uh, in my right eye. 
I'm starting to feel like Lee Majors, if you want to know the truth. I think... Uh, I, I, I can understand. I can understand that completely. And to be honest with you, my partner uh, had that exact same surgery done as well. He had the entire lens removed from his eye. It was um, they cut it out and they put this little yep. thing in there that has springs, and they had to like pop it in. Um, and, it, and it's one of those things where now two years later, there's some complications with it, but there's different procedures to have done. So that's that's the reason why I asked that because you talked about the floaters, and generally speaking, with the floaters. Usually, that's predominantly because of cataracts, and then glaucoma after that, and whatnot, and then the attached retina is like a progression of the problem. It starts at the front and then moves the way back. Is that an accurate assessment, or am I mistaken? It, it, they are just like black dots that are showered everywhere. And the reason that they, that you see the floaters is because the back of your eye is the retina, and it's literally like a giant curtain. But it's attached, and when it's detached, that piece that's detached covers your optic nerve, and it's just like, you know, when you'd stick your hand in front of a camera and make like a little, look at this duck, and look at, you know, you do things that, it, what, what I mean is when you put your hand and do anything in front of a projector, it causes the light to vary in everywhere and make all kinds of weird designs. Well, inside your eye, it's a little movie theater, and... Um, it basically falls in front of the optic nerve, and that causes all the floaters and all the weird things. And it's uh, it's a lot. But I'll tell you this: I paid attention to anatomy and all the other things in school. I don't remember any prick talking about something like this could happen to your eye. I never even heard of it. And so, and I didn't really know Joe what a cataract was or a this or a that. So, people should spend more time getting their eyes checked because you do not want to go through what I did. I believe me, that's one of the things that terrifies me is going blind. And again, me being a diabetic yep. and they, yeah, you, you know, gotta be very careful. They told me that they started seeing a little bit of, uh, 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 blood vessels bursting in my eyes and to make sure that I try to control my diabetes. So that's why I've been more serious on it because that terrifies me is to go. There's like three things If I can't see. And if I can't, uh, uh, if I can't see, if I can't hear, and if my uh, specialty down below my uh, waist doesn't work anymore. Those are the three things that terrifies me more than anything in life. So I, I thought, sure, the third one was going to be taste. Oh, I could care less about taste. I, I think if I came well, up to you and said, if I said, Marty, at 70 years old, uh, Captain Happy down there is not going to work very well, but you'll still get to enjoy the finest barbecue, I think you'd pick. The barbecue. No. Over Are you kidding? No, I would. Sometimes that third thing. Sometimes that third thing can leave a taste. <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry, but for me, if that don't work anymore, you might as well just go ahead and take me. You know, because life is screwed up at that point. I want to know. I want to know if Joe is insinuating that his third thing, uh, when he said it leaves a taste. If that's barbecue, dude, you got to get out on the circuit. Chuck Boobs commentary. Oh Let me get get you out here on that with Chuck Boobs commentary. Lower the boobs every Wednesday on the GLC. Chuck, as always, we love you, my friend. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Love you guys all very much. We'll talk next week. Take care. All right, you got it. Let me tell you about Goldberry Roasting Company. Goldberry Roasting Company is the best damn coffee you've ever had in your life. I woke up. To, the one thing I love about Wednesday morning is I sent some to Joe Avello down in Southern Exposure. You know, he's sitting there drinking it right now taking sips of it you know 
But it is the best, absolute best coffee. I sent Joe some Kenya AA because he was saying sometimes, you know, it's a little bit tough to get up and get going. And I said, Joe, let me send you something. So I sent him some Goldberry Roasting Company coffee. And I sent him the Kenya AA. Kenya AA and the Brazil are my two favorites more than anything. More than anything. Goldberry Roasting Company. If you're a business and let's say you're in the business of sales and closing deals and things like that. Sometimes it's as simple as the coffee that you serve to the potential client that's coming into your office that you're trying to close. That's where Goldberry Roasting Company comes in. You give them some Kimya AA or the Brazil, my two favorites, Goldberry Roasting Company. Send Pete an email, Pete at GoldberryRoasting.com. Pete at GoldberryRoasting.com. He can give you the details on deliveries, on shipping, on pickup, on some of the deals they got. And right now, if you use the coupon code GoldberryGLC, you'll get 10% off your order. Goldberry Roasting Company is the best coffee in the G in the uh, world. And send him an email, Pete at GoldberryRoasting.com. Goldberry Roasting Company. That's some damn good coffee. Let me see if we take another quick call. Code. Hi, you're on the GLC. Hello. Hello. Okay, goodbye. Anyway, Bill, uh, uh, Bill, I see Bill has gotten up from his desk again over there. I was going to ask him, now that the salons and stuff are opening up this Friday, does he and Chuck, we lost Chuck a while ago, uh, as well as Carlito. I'm still here. Uh, I see you. Yeah, I see you. But uh, I wanted to ask Bill about uh, whether or not he has a uh, hair appointment, because right now he looks like he is a candidate for a serial killer. And so is Chuck Galetti. So I'm hoping that uh, by the time I'm hoping to check in with him before we say goodbye to find out if he already has a uh, a hair date because the barbershops and the salons are opening back up this Friday. By the way, did you ever get that uh, that ginger? Remember you talked about that homemade ginger you made? There, there's been the real quick. I'll get back to that in a minute. Bill, wanted to ask you now that uh, – no, let him answer a question about ginger. What was okay, go, go ahead. I didn't even know you were listening because I couldn't see you. So, you know. no, I had to answer the door. Got you. Go ahead. Uh, 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 Joe Bello, you say your company makes this uh, this homemade stuff and you take it out to customers and things like that. Tell me about this ginger that you said you made. It's, it's, it's not that our company makes it. It's that we make it and, oh. we, and we give it to people. Got but you. To get back on to point, I mean, but that's just the people that we know and that we like, and we just give it to them for free. And we also drop off some leftover food that we make as well, because we make all of our food homemade as from ingredients from our garden and everything else. But I want to get on to the topic of what you just mentioned about the haircuts, because I know some people <clears throat> out there <clears throat> need haircuts. Maybe Bill might need one. Um, oh my so God. No, no, down here. Put this up. Put this up. up, 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 up. Oh, it's up. <laughs> oh, my God. You are, you are so ready. <laughs> I said, just before you sat down, I said, you are starting to look like a, a great candidate of a serial killer. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a homeless guy. <laughs> look, at, look at this. I mean, I, you know, okay, it's fine, but oh. Oh, my God. So but my but, question was to you, Bill, do you have an appointment set yet? For Friday, when the barbershops and salons open back up. No, I do not. No, I do not. And I figure it's going to be a while before I'm going to be able to get in. Oh. But I've got to make that's, an appointment. That's, a, that's a, actually a really good point. Down here, actually, close to where I live, um, they just decided to open up some appointments for people, um, actually in Broward County. So 
I, I actually have a customer that um, I used to give rides to, and they're starting to book for appointments May 19th uh, through the 24th wow. at a local barler, bar, barber shop. Um, and it's, you know, a lot of people feel like they have to get in there right away, but my partner and I have been talking about it. There's going to be a huge queue of people. And to be honest with you, I don't want to be the first person to go into a barbershop anywhere. I want to like wait right. for like a month. I just did. And then see, just, and then see if anyone gets sick. Yeah, just give your name as Ben Franklin and you'll get an appointment. <laughs> Listen, we lost uh, Galetti and Carlita a long yeah, time ago. Where did they go? I have no idea. Well, what happened? Okay, I'm going to tell you what happened. So when you heard me say on the air that we lost our video, Bender. I don't know if any of you have a desktop on your on your uh, monitor. Do you have a big mountain on your monitor, Bill, with a whole bunch of uh, icons on the numbers? desktop? I saw that. I saw the numbers up there. I was like, where in the heck did that come from? Yes, I have no idea, but somebody's desktop monitor had become my video shot of you guys. I could still see you on the top bar. I could see all of you. But the monitor was showing somebody's desktop. It had a May 2020 calendar up, and they were setting calendar dates. So I'm assuming none of you were doing that during the show, correct? No. No. Right. So that's why I went ahead and disconnected the video. And then, Bender, when I came back, then your starry background was gone. Right. And you got so now it's on now it's back. It's now back it's now. Oh crap. See, so I don't know what's going on. If I start talking now, but I haven't I think, seen it on Joe's. No, I've no, no. Seen it on my mine and uh Coletti's. My starry background, I don't have one, but I mean I think I'm starry enough. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, so anyway, when I reconnected, I just I cut off the video feed and I reconnected again, started the room, and then you and Joe came back, but Galetti never came back. Carlita came back again, but of course she was moving the freaking phone all over the place, so you can hear this wind blowing. That is hilarious. That is, oh. that is hilarious watching that from the from inside baseball. Oh. Just watching that and going, what don't you understand? Uh, Why don't you just set it up and just leave the phone alone? She can't. It, it's, she it's, can't, Bill. It's more. It's more about her selfie culture. Right. Well, but right. I'll, I'll jump aside. She's a really pretty girl. Oh, oh she's yeah, gorgeous. I give her shit. But uh, yeah, I, Bender. We'd love to just, you know, have fun with her because it's fun. But she doesn't understand. She's trying to get the best shot that has the best look of her. So she's constantly moving the camera, which makes the wind blow. And and, and, and uh, it comes over on the audio. So then, of course, when this software hears the audio, it keeps switching back to her. So Billy Morris is showing us his wings and his ribs and his location. But every few seconds, it pops her on. And she's steady moving it. She's steady, you know, uh, readjusting her hair, trying to get the best shot. But she doesn't understand it. It's all on the air. And I love her to well, death. The good, I mean, the, the, the good thing is that hopefully soon all of you will be reunited in your studio. Yeah, I, 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 hope, I miss these guys, especially Bill, because he's my right hand. And a lot of stuff, he's my video director, my audio director, and he's not here right now. So I am everything. And Carlita is my phone screener. So I have to do everything here. But again, 
as you know, the show must go on. All right, we'll start with you, Joe. Final comments before you get out of here. I had a great time. Thank you. I'll see you next week. Bender, you're up. Well, I am really getting tired of all of this, uh, this, this self-distancing and stuff. I really would like to get back to seeing people and, and communicating one-on-one with them. Uh, personally, I think it's, uh, it's going to be hard for people to get back to work even though they say they want to. I know that's for sure. Because <laughs> we're getting used to this. I'm getting used to this, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know about 30-somethings and 40-somethings, but I know 60-somethings, and I know you and I, Marty, have talked about this, and we've made the comment more than once, if this is what retirement is like, give me some more. I can get used to this, Bill. I gotta I gotta agree with you. I have to completely agree with you because I'm not in that age bracket, but I'm not far behind you. I'm okay with this. Listen, am. listen I love my job, the Cavalier. I love my job with the Triple Silo Show. At least to the end, it got a little weird. I love my job working with Merle Paulus and Joel Rhodes. I love my career. It's been thirty. It'll be thirty-eight years that I've known Bender. And uh, December 22nd of this year will be 38 years in the business. And I love what I do. And I love working for the Cavaliers. I love uh, being a part of the championship broadcast, Game 7. We actually won. Getting a ring. I love all of that. That being said, if this is what retirement is like these last two months, if I had, and which I hope to have, you know, by the time I'm 65, financial independence. If I could live like this for the rest of my life, I would have absolutely no problem. I could certainly get used to this, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought there was a comeback. <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm, I am used to it now, and it's almost like the timing was almost perfect, except I haven't gotten any monies yet. Oh. I, haven't gotten, I, I, I haven't gotten my $1,200 yet. They say that we're all that we're going to get it by the end of the month. They're already talking about more stimulus along the lines of two thousand dollars a month. Yes, yes, I love person. it. <laughs> Who the hell's going to want to go to work? I know. I mean, serious, and 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 they're they're complaining that that is going to be one of the problems. No shit. You give me two thousand dollars a month, I don't have to do too much else to make it. That's right. At a, at a higher level. That's right. When I when I first heard that by a Representative Tim Ryan uh, about a month or so ago, about six weeks ago, when I first heard him propose it, I went, "Oh yeah, I could get used to it." Americans are the best in the world at getting free money. You want to send me free money? Send it on, baby. I'll take it. And 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 something else. Have you guys noticed this? That you've got more money in your pocket and account than you ever had before during this problem. And a lot of it is you're not driving and putting gas in the car. You're not going out to restaurants and dropping 25 and 50 bucks here and there. You're not going out and you're not buying dumb crap at the store. You're going into the store, you're buying just what you need and you're getting out of there. And after the last six weeks, I don't know, on my side, I'm looking at my bank account, I'm looking at my wallet, I'm going, 
Oh, my wallet, I got, you know, I got $300 of cash in my wallet. Where the hell did that come from? Well, I've been spending it. Because I used to, I, before this, I used to waste money. You and me both. dollars bills and laid them on fire. You and me both. Stupid shit. Hey, yeah, Joe, I'll let you go in one second, Joe. But, Bill, I totally understand what you're saying. See, the difference was, for me, going down to the arena probably six out of seven days a week, going downtown, I spent $50 a week in gas alone going back and forth to the arena. So now you do the math. Now gas went down to dollar nineteen a gallon. I got it at a dollar nine in the hood over East <laughs> or West Sixty Fifth. Right. So now I'm filling up at a dollar nineteen. I was filling up for eighteen dollars and then because I didn't have to go downtown for six days a week, my eighteen dollar fill up would last me three weeks. So do the math. You go from fifty dollars a week, two hundred a month, to eighteen to twenty bucks every three weeks. That was my huge thing. And the same thing that you said. You know me. I live on my American Express business card. Do my gas, my groceries, my bills, my everything. All of a sudden, I'm only spending four or five hundred bucks. Whereas before, I was spending fifteen hundred to two thousand. I'm buying everything. I mean, I, I I'll, I'll I'll admit it. I. Put we, my wife and I, we put everything on the American Express card. Yep. One, you get good points with it. Two, you have to pay it off at yes. the end of the month. Yes, sir. We don't get into credit problems. And I, I'll tell you, average wise, we were doing thirty five hundred to four thousand dollars a month yep. on American Express, but that was everything. That was food, gas, uh, uh drugs, uh and, Everything yep. was American Express. Now we don't even crack two thousand dollars. We're <laughs> around, you know, fourteen hundred, sixteen hundred, eighteen hundred. That's for everything. Right. The funny part the funny part, Joe, I'm coming to you one second. The funny part is is that like I said, I was fifteen hundred to two thousand a month and I enjoyed the points every month, you know, that I buy myself something with it. But now I'm four or five hundred dollars a month. And I'm noticing that my bill and my bill turns over on the 17th or 18th of every month. So usually when the 19th comes, I buy, buy, buy because I know I got 45 days to pay for that. <laughs> but now my uh, the 17th or the 18th is coming up uh, Monday, Tuesday, whatever it is, or this Friday, I forget. And now I don't have to worry about right now. My bill is like one hundred and twenty two dollars. And then when it turns over, that's all I owe for June 17th. It's like 122 when normally I'd be owing 1500 1800 I said it before and I'll say it again. I could get used to this lifestyle. I realized that I was buying so much crap that I didn't need that I just buy what I want. I'm like you, Bill. When I want something, I want it, and I buy it, and I pay for it later, but I'm not worried about it. Go ahead, Joe. I, I mean, I think actually that might be one of the biggest benefits I mean, we, I have to try to look at something positive through all this crap that we're going through. But I think a lot of us are understanding what is necessary and what we want. Yes. There's a lot of people out there who, who've never learned that lesson. And I think all of us are much spending above their needs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a want and a need. There's two different things. And to be kind of frank, my uncle has been telling me about this for a long time. He's a very successful businessman. And he's like, what is your budget? How much you spend for this? How much you spend for that? What do you have to have, to have come in for what you make per hour? How much you need a week? How much you need? And it, it, it's one of those lessons where I never understood it 
until this, to be honest with you. I never did. I really never did. So that's like one of, it's one of those things where it's like, I hate to agree that someone who told me what was, I was supposed to do was right, but they were right. And I mean, I should have been doing this the whole time. And I think that, that that's actually a good lesson for all of us to learn that there's a lot of people out there who just want, 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 and it's not need. Right. Those of us like me and you and Bender and some other people who actually have two brain cells to rub together, um, they can actually get that now. They understand what's actually important that you have to have. And the other things are like a luxury. Yeah, because we get to we get used to a certain way of living and that's what we start doing. We just spend like I said, I see something. I know me. I probably keep 25 to 30 employees employed at Amazon per month with everything that I order because it's so convenient. I, I'm an Amazon Prime member. I order something and so with Amazon until the uh, until the quarantine happened with Amazon. A lot of times I get it the next day right here and it's like wow this is fantastic i don't have to go out i don't have to deal with people in department stores who don't want to be there and they always act like they don't want to serve you so it's like you know what the hell with you i don't have to go to your store i don't have to pay your taxes and i get free delivery which saves me on gas so i would do that but now i'm understanding over this last two months what you just said there's want and there's need and i've only been ordering the stuff that i need not necessarily stuff that I want that I may use once or twice. The next thing you know, it's in the closet for the longest times. Guys? I, I, I've got a comment too, Joe. Boy, you just hit something and it occurred to me. And sometime in the last in the last two months, it has actually had that cognizant light bulb go off. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it and I actually kind of chuckled to myself. And what I'm talking about is related to what you had brought up. I was brought up by parents. I'm 65. I brought up by parents who lived through the Depression, Great Depression, World War II. And I was brought up with, you don't throw anything out. You save all the food scraps. You know, uh, hungry people in China, you know, as a kid. Uh, we, we were hoarders in the classic sense, although I didn't know that we were hoarders. And as a kid and growing up as a young adult and in my own family, I would make fun of my parents. I would make fun of my dad. I would have thoughts of, geez, what are you doing? You you know, come on. We don't have to do that anymore. And I remember when he passed away and I had to clean out his workshop and he had to clean up. He had stuff that he had kept from the 20s. He didn't throw anything out. He, it, it, it was amazing. And I really never respected it at the level it should have been respected until, like Joe was saying, about a month ago, the light bulb went off and it went, I think I understand. I really think I understand what he went through and was trying to avoid having to be taken by surprise again. That was what it was all about. It was all about, Bill, as you grow and as you go into life, don't be caught by surprise. Keep your radar up. Keep watching what's going on and be ready for it. And 
I never appreciated it as much as I have a month ago. You're absolutely right, Joe. You're right. I, 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 it has been fantastic. It has learned me how to retrain myself with my finances, and I just have all this money now. <laughs> it's like, hey, this is great. Now I understand what it's like. Before it was like I'd be waiting on that check to come or waiting on the next payday to get here to pay my bills. And now I'm a month ahead now with paying everything. And a lot of my bills are a lot less than they were in the past. And I'm saying to myself, wow, this this quarantine, even though I, for a lot of times I hated being here, I hated being told to stay home, I hate not being able to swim, got a little bit of back pain because I don't work my back and lower back muscles when I'm swimming. But other than that, it has taught me how to retrain myself in my life and my finances for the better. All right, guys, this is fantastic. We're going to be back on Saturday night. At uh, Chuck Galetti texts me and says, did you dump me? I was tired of getting, uh, I was tired of the Biden fighting anyway. It's like, no, Chuck, I didn't, I didn't uh, dump you. I just reset the video, the Zoom video. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the tech savvy people got back on, but you didn't. So what does that tell you? <laughs> All right, tell guys. Him to get a, tell him to get a laptop. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's the same thing. And, Joe, we will talk about yours uh, after the show is over. Guys, I love you. Saturday night. Uh, let's have a little fun, you know, a little costume party, dress up, you know, whatever. You, even if you just put on a hat or sunglasses or whatever, let's just have some fun Saturday night at 9 o'clock right here on the GLC, okay? Hey, why don't we do it naked and afraid? No <laughs> Carlita. <laughs> Joe, final, final say, Joe. Uh, I don't got much to say except that um, oh, I like the, I like the shades. in shades. Yeah. These are the Carreras. These are the Carreras. Yeah, now Bender looks like a serial killer with glasses. <laughs> Sunglasses. <laughs> All right, love you guys. Audience, we will see you guys back here at 9 o'clock on Saturday night for Big Daddy's GLC All-Star Cafe and Zoom Party. Until then, have a good one. Brought to you by American Office Services and Goldberry Roasting Company. Say goodbye, Bill. Bye-bye, Bill. See you later.